What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Sound Rundown. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today's Tuesday, April 19th. That means it is just about a week and a half before the draft starts. We're going to have two draft episodes on Saturday and next Tuesday, so stay tuned for those. Today, we are going to be talking some NBA um, and also some NFL because Matt and well, Matt introduced this idea, this idea to me, but it's been in the news and nobody's talking about it. And there's this really weird conspiracy theory with Tom Brady that we just need to talk about because Tom Brady, I mean, who doesn't like talking about Tom Brady, right? I, I love talking about Tom Brady. So yeah, that's what's going to be going on today. And then we have some little golf talk at the end. We're going to be reviewing the RBC heritage, but yeah, it's going to go NFL first, then NBA. We're going to be doing our full playoff um, expectations and bracket. And then we're going to go PGA towards the end. So Matt, how are you? That's right. NBA playoffs are, are well underway. Um, apologies a little bit because it's, it's, it's a couple games into some of these series. And, and so we're going to give our full bracket away. Obviously, you know, the, the first couple games of these series haven't, 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 I think lent too much of, of craziness and an upset brewing and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to go through all the first round games and then through the championship, who we think is going to win the finals. Um, Cause it kind of like the playoffs started Saturday and Sunday and we had, you know, last Tuesday, it, the, the play-in games were still happening, which we are going to have a play-in topic because it was kind of an extension of, of what something that we were kind of talking about last Tuesday as well. Playoffs started Saturday and Sunday. We had the interview with Alex Beaudry. If you haven't listened to that interview, please go back and listen to the last episode that we posted. It is We, we talked to Alex Beaudry, who's an, who's an NFL agent. He signed college athletes who are going to be drafted uh, you know, n- just next week now, right? And, and, and just hearing about his life and everything he does and everything he knows was just amazing. It, it's, it's great insight. And I said this too at some point, great insight, whether you are super into football and the numbers and, and really diving into statistics and all that, or if you're just a common fan who's kind of like, how does this all work behind the scenes? Um, really gives you the insight that you need to know that that is just, it's just cool. I, I love it. I mean, obviously, you know, not everybody's going to be on my same level of excitement, but uh, but definitely something that, that is worth checking out. So definitely give that that episode a listen. And uh, if you're listening to this episode, keep listening to it because we have uh, we have a crazy, crazy Tom Brady story, uh, full NBA playoff predictions, um, as well as, yeah, as Hayden mentioned, a little golf at the end. That is right. Super excited for today. One thing to note is that my voice might be a little bit shot because I actually I recorded a podcast earlier today for a class that I'm taking in college. And so, yeah, I'm I'm a little uh, I'm the podcast man today, you know. I'm I'm actually used to it because, you know, we do this podcast twice a week and yeah, that was, it was cool to like kind of match up what we do on here, like the skills that I've learned from podcasting on this podcast to the one that I'm doing for school. It was just a little bit embarrassing because I had to hum in it. Like I had to hum like a little song and I voice cracked during my hum and I don't know how that happened. That's Hayden and, for you. Yeah, <laughs> but it happened. And I'm going to submit it how it is because I'm not going to redo it. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not redoing a 20 minute podcast just to fix a voice crack in my humming. So yeah, that was that, but we are going to stop talking about that and we're going to move into NFL right now. So move into NFL, Matt, take it away. Yeah. While the audience has a little bit of, you know, a couple seconds to get the, uh, the, the mental audio image of Hayden voice cracking while yeah. he ums out of their heads. Let's transition into this, in this Tom Brady story. So it was 
underreported, but still, I actually heard on it, heard about it on another podcast that I listened to. Essentially, there's a huge Tom Brady just conspiracy theory story thing that that was reported. It was Mike Florio. He's a, he's a very you know highly respected NFL uh, you know insider investigator, all that stuff. He basically just published this insane story that is is I can't even really put it into words how like preposterous this this could have well been and and the fact that like looking at it now the NFL could be have could have been completely completely turned on its head um, if if obviously if, if if some things had gone uh, you know had gone a different way so obviously we know as of right now Tom Brady has unretired he's playing with the Buccaneers okay here's where everything starts to get weird. The story goes that essentially Tom, so Tom Brady went to Michigan, right? University of Michigan. One of the big Michigan boosters who, and a booster is essentially just a, a, someone who graduated from a college and is just, and made a lot of money and they're really rich and they give money in the form of, it's called boosting the program. They're boosting the program with money because they're really rich and they're a graduate of that program. They want to see the, that athletic program succeed, right? So a booster is someone who gives a ton of money to the university in order for their sports programs to succeed. So anyway, apparently one of the biggest boosters at the university of Michigan, which is where Tom Brady went is also a minority stakeholder in the Miami dolphins the professional football team. Now, this guy, obviously, being as rich as he is, is also a minority stakeholder in Manchester United, the soccer team, the English premier soccer team, okay? This story started with Tom Brady essentially being seen at a Man U soccer game, talking to this guy who was the booster for Michigan and a minority owner of the Dolphins. Now, basically, he was seen talking to this guy at this soccer game, I think probably, probably, you know, a couple months before he retired, or it was kind of like, you know, after he had finished in the playoffs, whatever. And then he retired from football, right? So we were like, okay, well, you know, that, that, that's pretty much it, right? There was like, oh, you know, what, is he going to trade? No, he, he retired from football, that's it, okay? But here's the behind the scenes of what was going to happen, is essentially the Dolphins, with already a pretty good defense, a, a, a you know, gradually improving offensive line, and then obviously great weapons on the outside. You have Jalen Waddell, who, you know, was, was probably arguably the best rookie wide receiver last year. They had the, you know, insane blockbuster trade for Tyreek Hill to get him on the outside. You know, you, you, you have the running backs position secure. So the, the Dolphins are a pretty solid team. And I think that the most reason why kind of they're not thought of as a, a team that can be contending or at least even make the playoffs is kind of the quarterback position. They haven't been able to figure that out for however long now. So what was going to ha- How does Tom Brady fit into all this, right? Essentially, what the plan was is... It was going to Tom Brady, having been retired from football, was going to take a front office job with the Miami Dolphins under some sort of like pseudo name thing so that he would then kind of be placed, quote unquote, as the team president for the Miami Dolphins. Once all of that was in place, then he was going to unretire from football and then essentially be demoted from the front office job and then be basically just signed as a football player as the quarterback of the Miami dolphins on this team that is already pretty stacked. And so here's how this other, here's, here's kind of how that works out. Right. Obviously 
if you're thinking about this in regular terms, the Dolphins just made this huge trade for Tyreek Hill, right? They have a good defense. You know, they signed Xavier Howard. They're good to go. They got they, they have a really solid organization. They're just missing a quarterback. Well, who's probably the best quarterback to get it, it, on a team that is already kind of established and has a, you know, has a good roster and all that. It's the Miami Dolphins. Okay, crazy. So here's the deal. They try or, or I, I feel like this wasn't necessarily in the reporting, but to a certain extent, you can't just trade for Tom Brady because it's just it, there would have been so many other insider trade. There would have been so many things, other people, other places, all you know, ways for this to get messed up, all this other stuff involved. And so they basically had to go, the, you know, kind of use a backdoor solution and essentially tire, hire Tom Brady as, as a front office manager, then demote him and then actually sign him as a football player. And you think about this and it's like, that is so crazy. But honestly, that makes sense. All right. Because think about it. Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers. When he signed with the Buccaneers, they were a very solid team with a very solid organization, a good coach. All the players were signed. Everything was good. They were just missing a quarterback. They had Jameis Winston, who's okay, but clearly not one of those people who's going to take him to the playoffs, much less win a Super Bowl. What happens when Tom Brady gets there the first, the first year? They win a Super Bowl. All right. What's stack? Who? What's another team that's stacking up very well, has great receivers on the outside, a, a very solid defense. And an improving offensive line in which they can use their draft picks to make more offensive line picks, the Dolphins. So that's kind of the crazy part, too, is the Buccaneers are essentially a mirror or the Dolphins are a mirror of what the Buccaneers were a couple of years ago. And what happened in the first year that Tom Brady got there, he won the Super Bowl. Now you're probably asking, holy crap, this so this is so crazy. But Matt, you mentioned at the beginning of this. Tom Brady's still in the Buccaneers and he unretired from football to still play with the Buccaneers. That's right. You know why none of this went down? It was because on the same exact day that Tom Brady unretired from football, Brian Flores dropped the insanely large lawsuit against the NFL for essentially, you know, not following the Rooney rule and, and interviewing minority candidates and, and, you know, and all this, and where, you know, Steven Ross, who's the, who's the, um, the GM of the dolphins was essentially telling Brian Flores to purposely lose games, all this stuff, right. Which, which is really going to, the NFL is going to lose a lot of money on this. And Brian Flores, obviously, you know, in his own right, going to make a lot of money for, for just, for just having the lawsuit to begin with. But I think the lawsuit will bring a lot of good points points of, of just kind of how these teams are run on the back end and, and kind of how things are a little bit unfair. But basically this whole plan was together. And you think about it too, Brian Flores was Brian Flores was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots while Tom Brady was in new England. So they're also familiar with each other. All of this entire, this entire Tom Brady conspiracy was ruined just because Brian Flores dropped the, like one of the biggest bombshell lawsuits that the NFL has ever faced. Right. So like, the, the, the magnitude of just both of these stories combining into the two, the same day, basically, is, I think, something that's in, like, it, it, again, it's, 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 it's life-changing. Like, if the NFL could have literally been turned on his head, and, and then we hear afterwards, like, you know, Brian Flores releases the lawsuit, and then Tom Brady basically, like, 12 hours later, unretires from football and, or unretires from being retired, signs with the Buccaneers, and now he's going to play with the Bucs again. But, like, Basically, if Brian Flores hadn't dropped the lawsuit or he even waited, you know, a couple a couple days or a couple of weeks, Tom Brady probably they probably would have made this go through. It's just that obviously Tom Brady can't like then do the whole thing with oh being in the front office and whatever. Like that's just that's a horrible look for the NFL and for the Dolphins organization specifically. So that's the deal here. And it's an it's an insane story. It's a crazy, I feel like 
like something like this that that is like actually was going to happen. There are there are you know emails and texts and everything out there that say that this is a legit. This was a legit story. This was this was basically you know had already been planned behind the scenes. Everyone was just waiting for kind of things to fall in place. And then it just got blown up just because of some lawsuit. Like, I, I don't even, I can't even really fathom that that's just like a legit thing that was going to happen. I think it's so cool that like, it actually kind of was about to, but then it didn't. And then now like, nobody's really paying attention to it, but like, it actually, it actually was a thing. So yeah. So now kind of the question becomes, obviously Tom Brady's back with the Bucks, but the Dolphins are pretty stacked too. So I'm going to pose this question to Hayden. Uh, well, Hayden can give his general thoughts on the, uh, on the, on the conspiracy, but then kind of answer the question. If Tom Brady was to play for both teams as like an equal, e- he played equally well for the Bucks and the Dolphins both this season, which team would have more success this coming season? Yeah, I think this is actually a much more, a much easier answer than it seems. And I'm going to go definitely the Bucks. I think that if he went to Miami Again, they have a stacked team and it probably would have worked out because Tom Brady, that's how Tom Brady rolls. He makes things work in his favor and everything seems to go smoothly. Now, yes, that's true. But also, who do you have to play twice? You have to play the Patriots, who is your ex team and Bill Belichick knows you like the back of his hand. And then you also have to play the Bills twice. So you're playing four games where the Bills Yes, they like they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. And people, I mean, a lot of people think that they're going to have the best record in the NFL next year and that they're basically going to be unstoppable, right? Which is pretty much true. And then if you have Brady playing against the Bills twice, I don't know which way that's going to go, but I would hazard to say, or I would hazard to guess that it's probably either going to go one and one or two, even two in the Bills' favor. Um, Again, I'm the biggest, not the biggest. I have friends that are bigger Brady fans, but I am one of the biggest Brady fans you'll ever meet. And I don't even think that he would be able to survive as well in the AFC East, especially because, like I said, the Bills are the Bills and they're super good. But also Belichick, the Patriots, like they I mean, they made the playoffs last year, right? Like that's yeah, they lost in the first round, but they still made the playoffs. They were a lot better than everybody thought that they were going to be. They have almost no wide receiving core. And they're probably going to try to beef up that wide receiving core in the draft, hopefully. And yeah, like that, they're going to be a really good team next year, I think. And of course, Bill Belichick being the coach he is, he's a defensive coach and he knows Brady, like he knows exactly what Brady's going to do in every situation possible because he played or he coached him for 20 years. So it's like, I think between both of those things, I think if Brady went to Miami, it would not have turned out well, I mean, obviously he would have done them better than who was going to do them this year, obviously. But I think that Tampa Bay, it's it's an easier answer than it seems at first. I think that he fits more in Tampa Bay or I, I guess you could say he fits more in Tampa Bay, but I think he's just going to do better in general in Tampa Bay just because he. Yeah, I mean, like the, the NFC South, who is good in the NFC South? Name a team that that ha- that's going to give the Bucks like any contention for that division, first of all. Second of all, name a team, name it. Well, name a team other than like the Rams and maybe the Packers that are going to give the Bucks any contention in the NFC in general. There's not many teams in the NFC that are good, right? So it's just like the AFC is so tough. If he was in the AFC East, that's the worst division to be in in, in Tom Brady's situation because Bill Belichick is in that division and because you've got the projected best team in the NFL this year and that in that division as well. So I think that Tampa Bay 
is an easy call. Um, Matt, I don't know what you have to say about it, but yeah, I mean, in terms of my thoughts on the overall situation, I'm not really surprised by this at all. Tom Brady would do something like this. He, if he actually pulled that off, that would be insane. And like Matt said, really the only reason why he didn't was because of factors that he was not in control of. So obviously if he was in control of the situation and, you know, Brian Flores didn't, didn't file the lawsuit right when he retired, then he probably would have followed through with it. And he, he would probably be playing for Miami this come this upcoming season. But I do think that, yes, I think that fate kind of helped him a little bit here and, and forced him to stay in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I do agree with your assessment of kind of the, how the divisions stack up and, and where everything would kind of be collapsing in on itself when, when, right. You know, you're kind of, obviously right the Patriots had their run of you know 20 years of a dynasty and are now kind of you know kind of you know passing the torch in a way uh to the Bills who are now obviously as Hayden mentioned that you know the super the favorites win the Super Bowl um you know lost in that crazy game against the Chiefs last year didn't even make the you know the conference championship now they're back they're even better they've signed better players they're you know they're ready to go and I think that yeah if Miami was in that division the Bills are probably going to win the division but Miami could still definitely make the playoffs you know as a wild card team from that you know from kind of from that and I mean I guess the rest of the AFC is also pretty uh pretty com- uh, you know has, has a lot of competition too but I don't know I think I think kind of Hayden's right here is like your best chance to win is probably still with the Bucks. Again, we, we couldn't really see what they were able to fully do last year because of the amount of injuries they had. Now, again, kind of with the opposite of that, the year prior when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't have any injuries at all ever. Right. So the entire season they were playing with, you know, all their starters, the defense was on point and last year they lost a bunch of pieces. And so we kind of see them, we, you know, we saw them fall uh, to the Rams who, who, who didn't have as many injuries, but, you know, plain and simple, uh, you know, even at home. So, so yeah, so I, I think Hayden's Hayden's kind of on it there uh, with that. So um, yeah, I think crazy story overall uh, it would have been, it would have been, I think insane to see Tom Brady in a, in a Miami Dolphins uniform, especially with all the years he played in new England and however many times, like his record against the Dolphins is probably like 50 and two, like, you know, all time. Like he's, he's probably beaten the Dolphins more times than, you know, than he, than he's, than he's beaten like any other team. So um, yeah, but, but I think that would have been a cool role reversal and just, I think, a, like a crazy, like just something we've never would have seen before. Um, obviously it's not, it's not going to pan out. Um, and so kind of all we have to keep up with the dolphins is this Brian Flores lawsuit, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, overall, I, I think probably if, if he were to play for both teams, better chance to win is with the bucks. They can run it back. They have, you know, now Todd Bowles taking over as, as the head coach, uh, you know, maybe not, maybe not as, as much immediate success as they had with Bruce Arians. But I do think that they're, they're poison ready. As Hayden mentioned, the division, the NFC South is, is absolutely horrible. Probably the, you know, the worst division in football, um, you know, kind of competing there with the, uh, with the NFC East. So, um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, but yeah, definitely needed to get this story out. Nobody really heard about it. So I hope that it was interesting for the listeners nonetheless. There you go. All right, let's move into NBA now. We have two topics. So we're going to address the first one, which is the play-in tournament topic. And then we're going to go over our our NBA playoff picks for the rest of the playoffs. So let's do it. All right, so our first topic here is about the play-in tournament. And Matt talked about it last time. We've we've had complaints about the play-in tournament throughout our episodes this year, really. And we definitely had some teams get screwed um, in, you know, in, in the playoff, I mean, in the play in tournament this year. 
and it's it's just kind of weird because the the plan tournament is one of those things where it's like you can have you know there's reasons for it and then there's reasons against it and you can't really decide which reason is more important or which reason has like more effect um and so yeah it's it's like the argument against it basically is that you can have a, a, a 10 seed, just make it to the um, make it to the playoffs. And, you know, instead of a seven seed or whatever, and then the 10 seed just gets absolutely crushed in the playoffs. And the seven seed has no chance of even, you know, playing against a two seed and, and has no chance of making it to the playoffs. But then again, you could also say like, okay, well, the seven seed, you know, does a seven seed really have that much more chance than a 10 seed to beat a two seed? I don't really think so. So, you know, it doesn't really make sense there, but yeah, so there's there's kind of two arguments here, and I know that Matt feels a certain type of way about it, so I'm going to kind of pose this question to him. Um, we've seen teams so far just getting absolutely crushed in in the first round of the playoffs that played in the play-in tournament, um, and so do we think that the play-in tournament should be a thing, or do we just think that, like, okay, well, the lower seeds are most of the time going to get waxed from the first round of the playoffs and so we should just keep our our original format of the playoffs just let all you know all the first eight seeds in and then do away with the playing tournament because either way the lower seeds are going to lose in the first round yes that's exactly what we should do we should get rid of the play in tournament because it just creates an unfair situation for teams that have proven themselves throughout the regular season. We talked about this specifically last week in reference to the Cavaliers and the Clippers. They both got royally screwed. Okay, just to kind of, you know, set the stage here. Two seven seeds and two nine seeds made the playoffs, interestingly enough, uh, both from the East and the West. So the Nets were the seven seed in the East. And then the Hawks were the nine seed in the East. Uh, the Timberwolves were the seven seed in the East and or, sorry, in the West. And then the, um, the Pelicans were the nine seed in the West. Just to put this in perspective, all right, the Cavaliers were at one point in the season, the second seed in the East. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets were the one seed in the East at one point. So it's, you know, it, it is what it is there, there. So whatever, the Cavs play the Nets, okay? And you think about it, you're like, okay, the Cavs are the eight seed, they're playing the Nets. Oh, gosh, this is the worst possible situation for the Cavs to be in because they're playing in the Nets, which everybody's been saying all, all season long. It doesn't matter what seed the Nets get. It doesn't matter how many regular season wins they have because they have the talent to win the NBA championship. So if you're the Cavs, you're like, okay, cool. I, well, I just got the worst possible draw playing this, you know, insanely talented, essentially what should be a one or two seed in the first in the play-in tournament game, where if you lose it, then your back is up against the wall and you've got to win the next one. Well, what do they do? They go out and they get burnt by the Hawks when Trey Young goes off for 32 points in the second half. What are you going to do about that? All right. I think I, there was a stat. He was like, uh, Trey Young like scored or assisted on 45 points in the second half and the cap in that, in that game and the Cavs as a team scored 42. Are you kidding me? I get that. To some extent, you can say, hey, the Cavs didn't shoot like literally anything in the second half. They, If, if, if they're going to get outscored basically single-handedly by Trey Young, then yes, they deserve to lose and they deserve to not be in the playoffs. But the thing is, they shouldn't have to have played this game in the first place. The Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I get it, all right? But they had a horrible regular season this year. The Cavs completely out, outgained any of their expectations, and they deserved to be in the playoffs because here's the deal. The Hawks now are facing the heat and basically just getting their, their doors blown off because they had to travel all across the country. And now they're, you know, they're not clearly not as talented as the heat. And so it's like, 
you, the, the Cavs have played so well throughout the regular season. The Hawks have never been inside the top, like the top, like seven seeds in the East in the entire regular season. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. All right. Now we're going to switch over to the West where the Clippers like think about it this way obviously right you know you play the Timberwolves they had a great game and obviously the Timberwolves beat the Grizzlies in the first round or the first game of that series so like clearly the Timberwolves deserve to be there cool they won the first game they're in the playoffs great now the Clippers are you know backs against their wall win and get in game against the Pelicans who there was a stat out there they're like I think the second team ever to start one and 12 in the regular season or worse and still make the playoffs okay great but here's the thing once again the Clippers had absolutely nobody the entire season. Teron Liu actually should have been coach of the year because the, the, the job that he did for that team was amazing. And then literally like 12 hours before the game, Paul George, your best player, your only chance to win the game gets, you know, has COVID. And so now he's out and yeah, the Pelicans win the game. And so like the regular season it, to some extent, like there's too many games, sure. But just think about it this way. The Clippers had 42 wins in the regular season and the Pelicans had 36. That's insane. The Clippers should be in the playoffs because they proved themselves as a better team through and through than the Pelicans who started one and 12 and magically made the playoffs and now are getting their doors blown off by the Suns. Can we please just make this fair for all the teams? Now, again, as Hayden mentioned, the argument on the other side of this is that, sure, okay, cool, the Cavs, yeah, all right, Matt, they deserve to be in the playoffs, cool, they get a playoff spot, they're going to play the, you know, they're, they're, they're going to play the Heat, and they're probably going to lose the series, okay, but still, it, like, your entire 82 game, here's, here's my argument at the end of it, your entire 82 game, se- game season, regular season, cannot come down to one half of basketball in which you literally get blown out by a team with, that has Trey Young, one of the best scorers in the entire game, who just goes off and then wins that game. And now your amazing season with Darius Garland, most improved player, you know, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley's probably going to win rookie of the year, right? Like this team was so good and had so much expectation. Same with the Clippers. They completely got screwed. Tyron Lue should have been the, you know, should have been coach of the year. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard all season. They had a bunch of guys who nobody knew about. They should have been in the playoffs. They deserve, they were, they were in like, you know, they were the top, they were the eight seed and you know, they should have got, and it's like, they get screwed and don't get in either. And so now we're sitting there and it's like, okay, cool. So, you know, we played 82 games of the regular season and now it's just comes down to literally Paul George randomly getting COVID. And then a second half from Trey young where he lights up the Cavs. Come on now. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I was actually listening to a sports radio show the other day, the other day, and they were saying the exact same thing, like the regular season in the NBA. And you could even make the argument for hockey and baseball, all of those leagues, the regular season literally just doesn't matter. I mean, you could, you could make the argument for baseball and hockey that there's a series. And if you get to the playoffs, like they don't have any kind of play in tournament. So if you get to the playoffs then you have a good amount of chances to, beat your opponent and that's the same with you know that's the same with the nba but now with this play-in tournament i think matt's right this play-in tournament is exposing what it's exposing like literally what a series is supposed to to kind of suppress or, or or make better so like the situation that a series is supposed to make better is the fact that yeah if you're playing 82 games in a season you don't want to just go to the playoffs and then have one bad game and losing the, in the first round of the playoffs. That's why they have a series, you know, because it's seven games and, and 
basketball players can play games, you know, in, in every other night fashion, as opposed to football where, yeah, single elimination matters because you don't want to be playing 5 million games in a season or in the postseason and having all these guys get hurt, everything like that. So it's the nature of the game. I get it. But at the same time, like, yeah, Matt's right. You need to have a system where if you do have a play in tournament, it can't just be one single elimination game because single elimination in basketball, we see it in March Madness. Like that, I think March Madness is a great example. No, you don't expect anybody like, or you expect somebody to win, but it almost always turns out to be the opposite. So it's like, I, I think that's, I think that's a great example of what the play in tournament can't be, but the NBA has made it to the point where, yeah, like you could have, you know, a 10 seed get to the, get to the playoffs and then have the seven seed not even make it to the playoffs. It doesn't make any sense in my eyes either. I totally agree with Matt. I think that we should do away with the play-in tournament, or if there is some kind of way to make it more fair, where it's like a, I don't know, like a five-game series, but even then, I mean, that that's way too long. Like, you don't want to watch a five-game series, or you don't want to watch, you know, three five-game series or four five-game series just to go to the actual first round of the playoffs where you're going to be watching, like, eight, five game series so it's like yeah i mean eight seven game series my bad yeah so it's just it's really bad um i I totally agree with matt we should do away with it and there's no reason why we should still have it so that's that yeah and i think you know going back to the march madness point like you're right it's it's anything can happen in a single elimination tournament and that's the nature of the tournament that's why you play a tournament but here's the difference okay march madness is a tournament It is a 64-team bracket-style tournament, single elimination. It's been that way since the inception of the dang sport, okay? The NBA is seven-game series. It is the best team who's going to – and the reason that they do a seven-game series, the reason that they even play multiple games anyway and don't do single single elimination is because the sport is so random. Anything can happen. Any team can get hot at any point. And so when you have that happen, sure, one team's going to steal a game. It happens all the time. But the reason you play four or the reason you play best of seven is that the better team, the more quality team – is going to end up winning at the end of the thing. Whereas in March Madness, sure, yeah, the college basketball regular season really doesn't matter. We only talk about college basketball during March Madness, but that's fine because that's what the sport is. That's what it's built to be. Now, the NBA playoffs, yes, it's a bracket-style tournament, but like based on winning four of the seven games over however many games you're going to play against that team, the better team is usually going to come out on top. So, uh, yeah, I think kind of that was kind of just to, to kind of, you know, ex- extend a little bit um, on, on Hayden's point there uh, about March Madness. But anyway, um, now that the play-in tournament rant is over, and again, also, obviously, it's probably not going to go away because – ESPN just brands it as this thing that you can watch during the middle of the week in the middle of April when nothing's going on except baseball, which nobody wants to watch in the first place. And so, sure, the TV ratings were probably amazing. And you get to watch teams who you've never, you haven't watched all season because they don't get a lot of TV time. And so, to a certain extent, because ESPN is going to keep making money from it, it's not going to go away. And so we're probably just going to have this this argument every single year on this podcast. Yeah. And it's just, we're just going to keep recycling the, you know, the takes and everything. But yeah, so it's, it's definitely here to say, which kind of stuck. It's here to say, stay, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is at the end of the day. Let's get to the real NBA playoffs in which we will give our brackets away here. You know, the teams that we think will win every series, uh, as well as, you know, kind of, you know, going through the bracket to, to determine the uh, the eventual champion. Um, we're going to do 
Hayden, let's do each of us gives all of our eight first round picks and then we'll just kind of go from there. And, and obviously probably a lot of these will, will be kind of, you know, similar teams for all of us. So we won't have to expand on that too much. Um, but, but yeah. And then once we get to kind of the, um, once we get to the, I guess the second round, then we'll kind of just give the rest of our full bracket from there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So starting in the East here, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the heat over the Hawks. I think that's pretty, pretty easy there. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, the here, the one seed and the Hawks, like Matt said, they don't even really deserve to be there because they haven't been that good throughout the regular season. They, they do have Trey young. So they, they're probably going to get like, you know, two, maybe three games against the heat, but I, I don't think that they're going to, I don't think they'll, they'll force it into a game seven. So yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take the the heat in six here um, because yeah, like Trey young does that have a, does have that ability where he can just take over a game and shoot the lights out like he did against the Cavs and they'll win. But yeah, I'm going to go the heat there. And then 76ers versus Raptors. The 76ers are up on a, uh, with a two Oh lead over the Raptors and they've done, both of those or they've, they've won both of those games handily. The first game I think was by 30 points. This, uh, the game last night, I, I don't know how much, I think it was like at least 15. 15. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So um, yeah, they've, they've handled the Raptors and they're, I think they're going to move through and then bucks versus uh, bulls. I'm going to go bucks just because the bucks have a lot of experience and the bulls, the bulls were like really good at the beginning of the regular season, but then they kind of, they didn't, I will, they kind of did fall off. I mean, they were a one seed in the East for a, a good bit or a good while there. And then they fell to a six. So yeah, I'm going to go bucks in that, uh, in that series. And then finally the two versus seven Celtics versus nets. This is, I mean, this is the series that everybody's looking at in this first round of the playoffs in both the East and West. And I'm actually going to go the nets here. I am technically like a Celtics fan. You guys know, I don't, well, I don't follow NBA that like enough to have a, a favorite team that I am kind of like, you know, ride or die with. So I'm, I like the Boston teams because I have fam- we have family up there. And so I do like the Celtics, but I do think that the Nets will take this series. The first game is a perfect example. I know that they lost, but they lost by one point on a last second spin around layup that Jason Tatum did. And the Celtics were at home. And so the Celtics will be at home for this next game and then obviously the, the Nets will have two home games and then it'll switch back to the Celtics, etc. Um and so yeah I, I really do think that the Nets are going to take this because they kind of rattled the Celtics in that first game, you know, in in the garden. So I think that uh I think that the Nets are going to go are going to move on again. I, this might be a little bit of, of a sneak peek to what I have going on uh, later on, but yeah, the Nets, I think the Nets are really strong. We're going to see their talent shine, shine through. So that's who I have moving on. Yeah. I have uh, kind of the same teams. Again, I think obviously I think the heat are going to beat the Hawks. I maybe just as, out of spite because I don't think the Hawks should be in the playoffs to begin with. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the heat defensively are going to do a lot there against the Hawks. And, and obviously, I mean, the, the heat of the one seed, probably the most under talked about one seed in the history of like basketball, because nobody thinks that he can do anything. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Sixers and Raptors. Ugh, I'm, t- I'm some very torn on this because like, <laughs> I, 
I I was I was almost convinced. I was like the the the, the Raptors are going to win this series just because I don't know. The Sixers just always end up being underwhelming. You know, it, it kind of depends on how much James Harden's going to try because you never know if he's actually going to do that because it seems like he never actually he never actually wants to win when it comes to the playoffs. Um, Matisse Thybulle is one of the Sixers' best defenders, and he opted to not get the vaccine. So when they go to when they go to Canada, he's not going to even be able to, to to get into the country. So he's not going to travel with them. He's one of the best defenders. I was like, dude, the Raptors. Are going to win the series like easy you know no no thought about it and they've just gotten trampled both their first two games so um obviously that was because game one Tyrese Maxey had 38 and and uh and and Tobias Harris went off too and so Joel Embiid and, and James Harden didn't even have great games to be honest and they still won that game by like 30 points last night as we're recording this um Joel Embiid went off and and Tyreek's Maxi didn't really get going to like the third quarter, but they still won the game by 15. So I don't know. And then obviously Scotty, Scotty Barnes rolled his ankle in the first game. So, and ankles are always tough in the NBA. So like there's a potential that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Gary Trent, who's, who's basically a Raptors best shooter behind Fred Van Fleet. Like he's dealing with injuries. So like, I'm, I'm going to say the Sixers just for the sake of upsets, um, but I, I don't really, especially with it already being 2-0 and, and basically the Raptors are out, are they're down like two of their five starters. I don't really see how they're going to be able to come back and win this series, but hey, let's have faith in Toronto. Um, Bucks and Bulls. Yeah, give me the Bucks. I think the or yeah, give me the Bucks. Uh, the Bulls looked a little, or the Bucks looked a little shaky, kind of in the first game, um, but they kind of always do, and I think they're going to pick it up. And, and obviously, they they're much more talented than the Bulls uh, overall. And then I agree with Hayden, the Celtics and, and Nets. I'm going to take the Nets. Um, I, his analysis was exactly what I was going to say is, is that, you know, right. The Nets, they were down by 13 going into the fourth quarter. And then like halfway through the fourth quarter, they had the lead already. So it was like, and, and Kyrie, I mean, dude, I could do like an hour on Kyrie Irving. Like the guy, like he's just so good at basketball. Yeah. It's it's like, it's bad. It's like, it's insane how, and the crazy part is like, because of all his antics and like, you know, obviously all of you know, the politics, the flat earth thing. And then the vaccine thing, it's like, I feel like that's all like to his detriment. And so it's like, we're not talking about him as like being probably the best ball handler, like maybe in the history of the league. Um, and, and one of the best scores in the league, maybe of all time as well. And instead we're, you know, we're talking about him, you know, giving the middle finger to some fans, which obviously is, is not what you want to be doing. Um, but I, I love his just like, he just doesn't give it. He doesn't, he doesn't give a crap. He's just like, all right, cool. Like these fans hate me. Watch me ball. Like you got like in a situation like that, where you're, you know, you're chirping at fans and stuff you got to put it out there on the court and he did exactly that i think they're going to continue i think as hayden mentioned like you know they, they basically had the game you know within the last minute they let it go and it was in boston like you're telling me over a seven game series they're not gonna you know they're not gonna win uh you know four of those like yeah they, they definitely are so give me the nets in that one as well yeah another thing is that Kyrie didn't even make the t- the all-time 75 team yeah in the nba like that and i think uh i think lebron tweeted about it and he was like you're telling me that this I think he posted a video of Kyrie or something like that, and he was like, "You're telling me that this guy didn't even make the top, the uh, all time seventy five team or whatever." Like, yeah, it, it's crazy because, like Matt said, a lot of people consider him, him and Allen Iverson are like pretty much tied for the best ball hitters of all time, and it's like it's undisputed. So yeah, I don't know how he's not in that in that top seventy five. But anyway, moving on to the second round of the East bracket here i've got the heat and the 76ers i i haven't watched much of the heat this year and that's probably 
doing me bad. Um, but I, I am going to take the 76ers here. Matt just made a case for, you know, the Raptors maybe even coming back and winning that series against the 76ers. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Sixers just because I don't know. I mean, they've got Embiid, Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. Matt said it himself. Tyrese Maxey is really stepping up here. And I know that, you know, um, Ty Bull is, yeah, he's, he's not able, he's not going to be able to play in the, in, in Toronto, but it's like, I don't know, dude. I, I think with Tyrese Maxey stepping up like this, they're a really dangerous team. Like Matt said, it just depends on if James Harden wants to play. And if he wants to win, then they're going to win. If he slacks a little bit, they're not going to win. So yeah, I think that Tyrese Maxey with him balancing out the the whole Embiid and Harden thing, you know, they don't have to carry the team anymore. And so I think it's, yeah, I think the 76ers are a really balanced team now. And I think they're going to be able to pull it against, pull it out against the heat and then Bucks Nets. I've got the Nets moving on against the Bucks. <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah, I can't really say much else other than the Nets have so much potential and they should not be a seven. They are the best seven seed ever in the history of the NBA playoffs and Kevin Durant, speaking of, I think it's like five out of his last six games or five out of his last six playoff games, he's missed um, or he's, yeah, he's missed like 15 shots or something like that in every, like in each, in each of those five games out of his last six playoff games. So I think he's going to be able to turn around, turn it around. If he is able to turn it around, they're going to win without any problem at all. Like they're, I mean, they're going to roll through everybody. Kyrie can play in New York now. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a breeze for them, I think. Um, and yeah, I think they're going to move on to the, the Eastern conference finals. And then as my uh, Eastern conference champ between the 76ers and the nets, I've got the nets. It's crazy, but I've got the seven seed as, as the champ. I think that if they, I mean, if they make it past the Celtics and the bucks, I said this in the last podcast that we did with Will, um, where we kind of talked about the overreaction slash not overreaction thing. And uh, yeah, I said that whoever makes it out of the, of that series between the Celtics and the Nets are going to be the Eastern conference champs. And I'm going with the Nets. I'm going to say, stick with my word. And that's, who's going to be my Eastern champ. Yeah. I like that. It's obviously, I mean, yeah, it sounds crazy. Seven seed to win the East. What? But then you think about it, it's like, okay, honestly, if you pulled like, you know, hundred percent of America, 50% of the people would say like, oh yeah, the Nets are probably going to make it, you know, if you had that much talent. So, um, so definitely an upset pick, but by seed, but not by talent. Um, okay. I like that. So I'm going to go, I have the heat and the Raptors. I'm going to, I'm going to take the heat to, to win that series. Even if it is the 76ers, I, I, I still think the heat are going to do that. I think the heat are, are on a level, another level defensively and they don't get enough credit for it. Um, and so I think that'll carry them to the Eastern conference finals because, it, it just will. And I think that they have, they have scores and, and, uh, you know, the whole team is underrated. I think Eric Spolster is a great coach. He's been there before he's won championships, so he can do that. Um, Bucks and Nets, a rematch of last year's and uh, Eastern conference final, no, not Eastern conference final, the semifinals, basically in the same position last year, um, where if Kevin Durant was wearing a half shy, half, half size, smaller shoe, uh, you know, the Nets would have won that series and, and probably, probably won the finals too. Um, but anyway, so, 
I think, I don't know. Hayden makes a good point. This is going to come down to whether or not Ben Simmons can get his lazy behind in a game and actually perform as he's supposed to as yeah. a ball handler and a passer. He's supposed to come back for game four to series against the Celtics. If he's able to produce, I think the Nets can go a long way, but he has not played a single second of basketball in basically an entire calendar year. Cause last time we saw him was when he was missing a dirt refusing to take a dunk a wide open dunk in the 76ers loss you know against against the uh, against the Hawks last year so I don't know if if he can come back and be the Ben Simmons that is like not scared to make free throws then sure but until that happens I don't know that just Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can beat the full-fledged team of the Bucks who's bringing back every single person from last year's championship team so I'm gonna go ahead and take the Bucks in that series and have the Bucks in the heat in the Eastern Conference Finals and I think the Bucks get back there it's again it's chalky pick but like they're just such a solid team all around. I think that it's going to be a really great series. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat give them a series or even potentially win. Just because, again, I think the Bucs are, are very obviously talented offensively. And they can defend, um, especially with Drew Holiday now. Like, he, he's, he locks down all of the all of the guard positions. And then obviously, you know, Giannis is, is, is a freak. So that's cool. If the heat can defend the bucks though, and just, you know, make it makes their threes during that series. I think it could be interesting, but I do have the bucks coming, going out of the East here. Yeah. It's a good pick as well. Again, you, I mean, nobody has an answer for Giannis. So I, I can't really think of anything, anybody on the nets that would be able to guard him. So yeah, I, I, I just went with the nets just cause I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, if, if they get Ben Simmons back and he's, and he's, somewhat good either i think they're gonna breeze past everybody all right and then moving on to the west now we are just gonna do this first round each like we did the last um the the last turn or bracket and then we're just gonna go through the rest of our bracket after that so suns pelicans i've got the suns winning this no explanation needed <laughs> and then moving on to the jazz and mavs um i've got the mavericks winning i know that well the, the series is now tied the Mavericks won last night without Luka, and that was really impressive. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he had like 41, I think, which was crazy. I mean, that like I haven't heard of Jalen Brunson in a really long time, like doing anything in a really long time. And he went off for 41. So, yeah. And I heard the Pacers are going to try are like making a, a big move to get him already. Like they I got the Bleacher Report notification today that the Pacers are already making moves to try to get J- Jalen Brunson. Um, for next season. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I've got, I've got the Mavs beating the jazz and then warriors nuggets. I've got the warriors moving on. Uh, warriors are up two Oh right now. And the splash brothers seem to be, seem to be back, but replace, uh, I guess, I guess it was, a uh, I guess it was Draymond green is, was like, was a splash brother, but he's kind of been demoted by Jordan pool here. And Jordan pool has just been, I mean, he's been insane. He's like the first, he's the first, guy since our first Warriors player since Wilt Chamberlain to have um, 25 plus points in both of his first career playoff games. So that's pretty impressive there. Um, yeah. The three splash splash brothers brothers are back. I can't say that phrase. I don't know why. Um, and I think, yeah, they're going to, they're going to roll right past nuggets. I mean, the nuggets do have a chance if, you know, Jokic goes off, but like, I mean, Jokic is going to, it's a given that he's going to score like 30 every game and, they're still losing. So it's, yeah, that's, that's kind of sad there, but moving on to the Grizzlies and Timberwolves, I'm going to go to the Grizzlies. The Timberwolves are up right now. One to zip on the Grizzlies, but I don't know. The Grizzlies looked a little bit, they looked a little bit shaking that first game. Again, I, th- I think they're, um, 
they're kind of like the Bucks, like Matt said. The Bucks look look a little shaky. Bucks still won their game, but um, I think that the Grizzlies will come back and beat the Timberwolves. Timberwolves are really good. I I really like um, Anthony Edwards and obviously Cat over over in Minnesota, but like they look too, they look good together. But I don't know if they'll be enough to overcome the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have been really hot to to end off the regular season. So uh, I think yeah, I think John Morant's just gonna start taking over games and they're going to make it through to the second round. Uh, yeah. Also give me the Suns in the first round. I think, I mean, it's again, the Pelicans shouldn't be in the stupid, it shouldn't even be in the stupid series to begin with, but it's another topic. Actually, it is another topic. We already talked about it and I gave my opinion on that. So that's fine. Um, Mavericks jazz. I'm going to take the jazz. I don't, I don't know why. I think I just want to have like faith in them because they haven't performed in playoffs ever. Um, and and I think and, and Hayden mentioned, yeah, Dallas had a great win at home against uh, against Utah last night without Luca. But let's think about it this way. I mean, the Jazz stole game one in Dallas to begin with. The Jazz have two home games coming up. Dallas has to travel all the way out to all the way out to, to Utah. I, I think the I think Utah can win both those games. And if Utah sitting there with a three three one lead, I, I like them to move on to the series. So obviously, probably because Luca was out, um, you know, or 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 is hurt or whatever. But obviously, if he comes back and they play well in Utah, then you know anything can happen there. But uh, give me the Jazz moving over to that series. Um, same with the Warriors. Not even really an explanation. You feel bad for the Nuggets because they basically don't have three of their best players besides Jokic. Obviously, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is still has had a back problem for his entire life, uh, basically. And then he, I mean, seriously, he, yeah. Uh, and then, and then obviously Jamal Murray towards ACL, uh, you know, I think even less than a year ago at this point um, in, in the playoffs last year. So I, once they get those guys back, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the West yeah. next year. Um, but yeah, the Warriors are just too much for them right now. And then Me- Memphis and, and Minnesota, I don't know, dude, I, I thought the, I thought the Grizzlies were going to roll over the, the Timberwolves, especially coming off of the Timberwolves, having that crazy win over the Pelicans. Uh, the Clippers and, and to get into the playoffs and then they're celebrating like they just won the championship. And it's like, okay, calm down. Like, you know, you're about to play the Grizzlies, but I, I don't know. It's like at the same team, at the same time, I see the Grizzlies as that, like that regular season team that just had a lot of wins over good, good, also like other good teams, but it was like, you kind of catch teams on a back-to-back night or, you know, a, a tough road spot or something. And, and when you think about it, like they don't really have an inside presence. They have John Morant and like, not really anyone else. Like Desmond yeah. Bain's pretty good. Steven Adams is pretty good, but he's old, right? So it's like, I honestly see the Grizzlies as kind of just this team that benefited from trying really hard in the regular season and then not really being able to show anything, uh, you know, show anything to show for that in the playoffs. Give me the Timberwolves to move on uh, in this series. Yeah, I think you're right with the Timberwolves. I, I was actually going to pick the Timberwolves, but I didn't want to be misled by that. 1 0 yeah. uh, series it, score right now. So yeah, I don't know. It's it, same here. I just wouldn't like I, the thing is, like, I, I would have never picked the Timberwolves if I hadn't seen them win that game. Yeah. And then I saw them win that game. I started adding, adding everything up. I'm like, there's nobody to guard Carl Anthony Towns. And, and like, it, you know, they, they have three scores Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell. Like, those are three young scorers. And I don't think the Grizzlies can really match up with that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And it's just so scary seeing. Carl Anthony Towns shoot threes and make like all of them. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, moving on to the second round of this Western bracket, I've got the Suns and the Mavs playing against each other. I'm going to go Suns here. I think like the Mavs, I don't like, they're going to, I think they're going to get past, past the jazz, but sadly they're going to play the Suns in the next round. And it just, 
yeah, I think anybody that plays the Suns up until pretty much the championship, uh, the I mean, I, I guess you could say Western Western Conference Championship, they'll they'll be given a run for their money. But yeah, basically up until that point, they have. I mean, I could I could see them literally going four zero four zero against both teams, against both the Pelicans and the Mavs or the Jazz, whoever comes out of there. So um, yeah, and then the Warriors versus Grizzlies. I'm going to go Warriors here because, again, I'm not really too sure about the Grizzlies pick. So I think that the Warriors are, are going to move past both the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves, whoever comes out of there. I think that the Suns and the Warriors Western Conference final is going to be most people's West, Western Conference final. I don't think that many people are going to pick other or elsewhere. Um, again, like Matt said before now, I think I, I could see people picking the Grizzlies to beat the Warriors here, but I don't think that. Now, seeing how both teams have played um, in, you know, in these first couple of games of the playoffs, I don't think anybody would really in their right mind go with the Grizzlies over the Warriors in this second round of the playoffs. So I'm going Warriors. And then um, in this in the Western Conference final, I have the Suns, obviously, and then the Warriors. I'm going to go Suns just because, yeah, I'd, I've got to pick one of the teams to go back to the championship from or to the final from last year. And it's going to be the Suns this year. Um I just think, yeah, this, like the Suns, they had the best record by far in the NBA this year, and they're super dominant. I mean, they, they've got the most complete team in the NBA, and it's like not debatable at all. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Suns here. And that's my Western Conference champion. Matt, go ahead and give your rest of the bracket. Yeah, I agree with the Suns. Um, maybe not as far as you. But anyway, uh, I think, yeah, they're definitely going to beat the Pelicans and definitely going to beat either the Jazz or the Mavericks. I have them playing the Jazz, but they're going to win that series for sure. Uh, same here with the Warriors. Don't think they're going to lose to the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves. Um, I personally have the Timberwolves, but I, again, either either way, I think the, the Warriors are going are gonna to crush both those teams. I do have the Warriors beating the Suns in the Western Conference Finals to advance to the NBA Finals overall to play for a championship. And here's my reasoning. I just think that the Suns are like, I don't know. I mean, they had the experience, quote unquote, but like, just think about it this way. Two years ago, obviously it was the bubble. The Suns got to the bubble and went 8-0 and didn't make the playoffs and everybody made a big deal about it. Okay, whatever. But it's like, they hadn't been in the playoffs as of two years ago, right? They didn't make the playoffs. And then last year, they went from not making the playoffs to making the NBA finals and being up 2-0 and then losing four straight games. Okay, cool. They're back. I get it. But like Chris Paul makes this team run and he's been hurt. Now, obviously they've purposely kept him out so that he can continue to play well. And you know, when it matters so that he's not hurt for when, you know, like what happened last year when the, you know, whatever. Okay, cool. But I don't know, man. I just think like, as much as everybody hated the Warriors for the run they went on, I actually kind of liked the Warriors during that. I don't know why. Like, I just, you love to watch them because it's fun to watch. And it's also just like, as a random team, it's like the Warriors, like the Golden State Warriors. Like you say that now and you're like, oh my God, dynasty. But like back in 2015, before they made the run, it's like, who are these guys? Like this team has never been good. 
But the thing is, they still have the three best players from all of those championship teams. They made the finals five times in a row and they won three championships and they still have basically the same team. Are you kidding me? That's enough to get them past the the, the Suns in the, in, the, in the Western Conference Finals. For me, the only trouble here or the biggest kind of you know matchup in my mind is going to be DeAndre Ayton versus whoever, whatever big man the Warriors are putting out there. Because Let me tell you something. Kevon Looney is not going to be able to stop DeAndre Ayton. Right. But the thing is, if you're making shots on the outside, it doesn't really matter. So I think that if the Suns win that series, it's going to be because DeAndre Ayton is a presence on the inside that, they, that the Warriors can't defend. But the Warriors are so de- so good at defending everything else. And obviously, Chris Paul, he'll find his way around it sometimes. But I think if they can shut down Chris Paul, they can shut down the Suns team and make their way to the NBA finals. Yeah, I think that's a really good assessment on the Warriors. But I think what you said there was kind of my reasoning for for fading them in the in the Western Conference Finals because again if you like the Warriors are a shooting team and if if they're hot they're gonna win but if they're not hot they I mean yeah they like you said Kayvon Looney and then they've got Draymond Green who's like six seven is there is like is this playing the five half the time out there so it's it it makes I don't know how tall Draymond Green actually is he may be taller than that he probably is but I'm I'm oh, probably over he, he might even be shorter. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Cause I was thinking six, six at first. And I was like, no, nah, maybe I'll give him six, seven, but yeah, I don't know what he's listed at, but he's, he's, he's short and he's, yes, he's a very good, very good defensive player. He's won defensive player of the year, like very many times. I don't even know how many times at this point, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he, you can't really compete with size with that. So yeah, for my championship, I've got, uh, or my, I guess NBA finals, if you want to call it, I've got the Suns and the Nets, one seed and a seven seed. And I was thinking about this a lot. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I really want to go to the Nets here. I don't think it's their time, though. I don't I don't know. Like, if they make this crazy run, you could argue, okay, well, if they get past the East, then surely they'll be able to make, you know, make it past the Suns, who won't really have a challenge until the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors or the Grizzlies or whoever they play. But um but yeah, I, I'm gonna go Suns here as my champ. Again, I've I've heard it too many times to not pick them. Um, you know, it's it's the, it's the it's the age old story of the team that loses in the finals the year before usually comes back to win it either the next year or sometime soon, right? We've seen that with the with the Cavs and I think yeah, with the Cavs, I guess against the Warriors and everything like that. So. Um, yeah, that I that's that's where I'm gonna go with my pick. I just think the Suns are really good, and you can't really go against them, even if it's even if it's the Nets. I think that the seeding here is gonna is gonna kind of show through, and that's my champ. So there you go. I mean, sorry, the Suns are my champ. Um, I like this. We had four dip. So there's we have two completely different finals matchups. So four different teams represented from uh, for, for us here. Uh, so one of us is probably going to be right. That's the good thing. <laughs> um, diversify the, uh, the choices and eventually you're going to get something right. I have the Warriors and the Bucks, both three seeds coming out of the East, uh, each of their respective conferences here. And I don't know, man, I was thinking about it. The Bucks, are they going to repeat? They could, but they're not going to because the Warriors are going to win the championship this year man i seriously like it's it's it it just make i don't know in my maybe i'm just simplifying it too much but i'm like for a team and a bunch of players who've gotten there so much and they've done it 
over and over and over again. And the only reason they lost to the Cavs was because Kyrie made some crazy shot. And the only reason they lost to the Raptors in the finals was because Kevin Durant tore his AC or yeah, tore his Achilles on top of Clay Thompson already touring his. It's like this is like the, like the team is no different from the dynastic team that we've had for the past seven years. And here they are again. They have the same coach. They have the same lineup again. The only thing that that it is kind of a problem for them is, is, is kind of having a big, you know, a stable big. But like you think about those championship runs. I mean, who do they have? Anderson Verjao and like JaVale McGee. Like, all right. But like that's not someone who's going to win you a championship. And they still did regardless. So to a certain extent, you're thinking who can defend Giannis, right? In this hypothetical matchup, that's what it's going to come down to. I think the Warriors are a better version of the Heat. I made the point that the Heat can defend, and if they can make shots, they can easily beat the Bucks. And I think that's the exact same thing that the Warriors are. The Warriors are just a better version of the Heat. And I think that going up against a team like that, the Bucks are just going to, they're not going to be able to rely as much offensively as they are going to, you know, kind of going through the East. And yeah, I think they're going to run into the Warriors and the Warriors are just going to show us all that, hey, age doesn't matter. It's only been a couple years and these three Splash Brothers are here and adding Jordan Poole. I mean, you kidding me? Like kids been like the best, one of the best players in the NBA this entire season. Um, yeah, they're back, baby. So give me the Warriors to win the championship. Yeah, I definitely like that pick again. It, it, that Western Conference Finals. And we've been talking, it's kind of weird because we've been talking about how good the East is this year and how much of a gauntlet the East is going to be in the playoffs. But it's kind of interesting that both of us went Western, um, you know, Western champs. And especially, you know, because we were talking about the Suns and Warriors being like probably the best, you know, the best series of the finals, I guess, after the the Nets and Celtics. Um, But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's it's a little bit weird that we're now talking about the West being, you know, such a, such a dominant or there's there's two very dominant teams in the West um, and we're kind of leaving the East out here. But I do think I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, you know, a, a Nets or a Bucks or maybe even a, a Heat champion or whatever. Um, that would be I, that, honestly, that would be kind of cool to see the Heat get there and win because they lost so bad against the Lakers the last time that they went to the finals. So, yeah, but that's probably not that likely. So I don't know if we'll see that. Matt, do you want to? talk about uh the rbc heritage a little bit or yeah i'll just i mean just real quick it's it's jordan spieth won um and it was crazy because he was like tied for like 10th at the start of the day he shot a 66 eight under 60 or 666 i mean he had a great day and he went into a playoff with patrick cantley who like if you're giving me patrick cantley and jordan spieth i'm gonna pick patrick cantley just on like based on what he'd been doing recently um jordan spieth almost hold out of the bunker. They both shot their second shot into the bunker on the playoff hole, almost hold out. And then, and then Cantley completely screwed his up. So uh, Jordan Spieth took away the win there. It's just interesting. I think so. The the cool part is kind of ironic part is Jordan Spieth actually won on Easter Sunday this year. He also won Easter Sunday last year, which was his last PGA tour win. It was the Valero Texas open. And guess what's on Easter Sunday next year. The masters. masters, baby. So, is there a little, little, uh, little, little connection? I don't know. Coincidence? I think not. Maybe potentially. Um, it's. It, I'm glad that he won. It's good to see him back in the winner circle because, and we'd even talked about it on on the podcast too. Like even as even a couple of weeks ago at the Masters this year, Jordan Spieth got cut, and and he he'd been you know he he played well at Torrey Pines at the Farmers, but he lost to Tom Hoagie. I mean, what are you doing, dude? So he's messing with his swing. He's like twirling on around. What do you? Nobody knows what's going on, and here he is 
So I don't know whether he changed. I wasn't watching too closely. I don't know whether he was changing his swing back or whatever. He, he, he is known for putting. That is his thing. That's what's made him one of the world's best players ever. He lost, I think, 2.3 strokes per round putting this, you know, during this tournament. And he still won it at, at, you know, at 13 under in a playoff against one of the best players in the world, Patrick Cantlay. So Maybe he's back. I don't know. I think that in terms of majors coming up this year, uh, the the PGA Championship at uh, Southern Hills probably suits him better than Brookline, where the U.S. Open is going to be. Um, but the Open Championship is at St. Andrews. And if, if, if we're talking Jordan Spieth, he's always got a chance to win on, on the links courses at the Open Championship. He came in second last year um, to, to, to Colin Morikawa. I think he's definitely a contender to win the Open this year. And hey, I mean, if we're going to continue with this symbolic and, and crazy coincidence stuff, why don't you just bet him to win the match? next year right <laughs> and that might not be a bad idea but actually going back to the the comment that you said about his about his swing being all messed up up until this point I think I did notice a little bit of a difference in his swing even this week when compared to you know the masters last week and that I, I think that he's he's not slowing like he's not pausing too much in his at the top of his backswing I think that he was trying to like get a little bit too technical with it, which if any of you play golf, you know that if you try to get too technical with your swing, a lot of times it doesn't work out for you, at least in the beginning. Um, but if you keep at it, then usually, yeah, it starts working. But I, th- I think that he did kind of, I think he took a lot of his, you know, a lot of his thoughts out of his swing. I think he kind of just went out there and he was like, all right, let me just swing how I, how I normally have when I was, you know, back when in tournaments, when I was like 20 years old, <laughs> back-to-back tournaments and stuff like that. So, yeah, that, I, th- I think that's kind of where he was at with this tournament. And it turned out well for him. I mean, he, yeah, I think he holed out two bunker shots and then he came within like three inches of holding out another one, which was crazy to see. But, yeah, I mean, good for Jordan Spieth. I'm honestly, I wouldn't rather see him win over anybody else except for Patrick Cantlay in a playoff. Maybe Bryson, maybe Bryson. That 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 would have been good too. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. Patrick Cantlay, he's just, he's so like stern and he just looks mad all the time. And so I don't, I don't know. There's something about him that I just don't really like. But uh, but yeah, that about wraps it up for the episode today. Thank you, thank you guys for listening. Um, like I said, we'll be back with our draft episodes on both Saturday and Tuesday. I think Saturday will be our mock draft with AZ and then Tuesday. We're actually, I, I'm planning on bringing on one of my friends. Um, his name is Ishan and he goes to UVA with me and he draft is also his, his thing. Like he loves just, you know, studying guys and, and looking at where they're going to fall in the draft. So we're probably going to bring him on on Tuesday. Um, again, I, I don't really know how Tuesday is going to go, especially with the mock draft kind of, the big episode being on Saturday, just to give you guys a chance to listen to that, you know, a good like four or five days before the draft starts on Thursday. Um, but yeah, Tuesday's episode is probably just going to be, I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine a lot of things will change between, <clears throat> between Saturday and Tuesday. So maybe Tuesday, there will be some new things to talk about um, some new news. Maybe that comes out, but yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday's episode will probably be more freelance in terms of draft. Um, and then we might have, you know, another golf topic or something like that to go along with it. But yeah, next two episodes are definitely going to be mostly draft oriented. So definitely stay tuned for that. We're, we're super excited for it and we're super excited to have guys on for it because like Matt has said in the past, we aren't the biggest draft guys. We don't study it as much, nearly as much as a lot of our other friends do. So it'll be cool to have them on really give you the, give you guys the real insight because we won't have 
much other than, you know, past them. So, yeah, that does it for this episode. And we're going to catch you guys on Saturday.